Hello, sleepless listeners. David Cummings here. Welcome to Season 18 of the No Sleep Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us. If you're hearing this, it means you have successfully become a Season Pass 18 member. Now, some say Season 17 was the GOAT. (laughs) Get it? But we're confident that Season 18 is going to be even better. Season 18 is once again hosted on the GLOW system. And even though GLOW should be as trouble-free as possible, there may be reasons for you to reach out about support issues for your Season Pass. There are two ways you can go. If your problem is related directly to the purchase or playing of your Season Pass on an app, you can contact the GLOW support team directly at support at glow.fm. They have a great support team and they'll be able to help you quickly with any technical or payment issues. And if you need to contact us at the podcast, you can always reach us at admin at thenosleeppodcast.com. And as I always say, please don't contact us via social media, because we're just not set up to handle support issues that way. Now, normally we'd share a little story with you on this introductory episode, but this time I want to tell you about a strange experience I've recently had. You see, I've become nostalgic about old-time television. Growing up so many years ago like I did, I never had streaming services or online shows. No, when I was a wee lad, we only had a black-and-white TV connected to an antenna outside. No color or cable. You young folks can only imagine such a life. But there was something quaint about those days. Waiting for a show to come on, knowing it was your only chance to watch it, No recordings or on-demand stuff. If you were lucky, maybe you could catch it again during the summer reruns. Oh, and I'd be desperately hoping the TV signal would tune in clear enough to watch it. Seeing a show with that hint of static and snow on the screen, maybe watching the vertical hold flicker and shake the image. Well, yes, it sounds awful, but like I said, I've been nostalgic for those days in these times of 4K ultra-high-def shows available anytime you want. So imagine my surprise when I found myself an old Westinghouse TV at a local thrift shop. This baby is a beaut. A big wooden cabinet holding a crazy heavy 13-inch black-and-white cathode ray tube. Clunky as hell, but it still works. It's gotta be from the 50s. But here's the odd thing about it. Naturally, there aren't any TV signals being broadcast over the airwaves in this digital age. At least none this TV can pick up. But for some reason, this old set can actually tune in strange signals from somewhere. It's almost like it's playing old TV shows from the 50s. Here, okay, let let me put my mic beside it and turn it on. Uh, It's a shame I can't show you the video, but let me see if it will play some sort of show. Trust me, this is really bizarre. Okay, um, oh, oh, I think something's on. Okay, listen to this. To Uncle Jimmy's Storytime. I'm Uncle Jimmy, and I'm glad you've decided to set a spell with me tonight. Is there anything better than having a local spot where you can have a tasty meal in comfortable surroundings, like a little diner in your hometown? Well, they sure can be nice places to eat. And in tonight's story, I want to tell you about a diner that I once ate in. 
I haven't been back since because, uh, well, let me get into the story for you. Don't want to spoil your appetite. <laughs> so, folks, settle in, tuck your napkin under your chin, and feast on a tale I call Sonia's Diner. Sonia's Diner was considered one of the best spots to eat in the whole county. Conveniently located just off Route 65, it was the place to stop for locals and tourists alike. When you walked in the door, you were greeted by the delicious aroma of fresh coffee and their irresistible cinnamon rolls. The floors were the traditional black and white checkerboard pattern, and the booths and seats were candy apple red vinyl. Chrome accents, the revolving pies in the display case, and the sign promising the best homemade milkshakes you'll ever have completed the quintessential diner experience that made Sonia's so beloved. Sonia herself was equally beloved. Her cooking and baking skills were only matched by her warmth and inviting demeanor. If you told Sonia your name once, you'd be greeted with a well, hey there, Tom, the next time your feet stepped inside, even if you hadn't been back in months. Everyone loves Sonia, and she had a deep affection for her family, as she called her customers. The food, service, and atmosphere at Sonia's was so enjoyed by everyone that the regulars used to poke fun at the one small flaw anyone could find at Sonia's. You see, while Sonia's place was fastidiously clean and looked after with great attention to detail, there was one thing, well, some might say a trivial thing, that stood out from everything else. You know how at most diner tables you'll find the little condiment holder? The place for the ketchup, salt and pepper shakers, the, the chrome napkin dispenser? Well, at Sonia's, the ketchup bottles were never more than one-third full, and the ketchup usually had that watery slick on the top of it that required vigorous shaking to mix in. And with such a small amount of ketchup in the bottle, that wasn't an easy shake. Why don't you keep the ketchup bottles full, Sonia? The locals would ask. I fill them when they're empty, was always her smiling reply. Likewise, the salt and pepper shakers, the kind you've seen a thousand times with their short glass bottles capped with the silver perforated lids, were equally disappointing. So unappealing and rarely used, the salt got clumpy and an unwitting eater risked an avalanche of salt if they shook the blockage free over their food. And the ground black pepper was so old and so finely ground that by this point it essentially rendered nothing more than flavorless gray dust. But when all was said and done, most customers overlooked these small flaws because Sonia's cooking rarely needed to be enhanced with any condiments or seasoning. Yes, Sonia's was practically perfect in every way. Sonia was married to another community leader, Donald Passfield. Passfield's mortuary services was one of the largest funeral homes in the north end of the state. Whether you wanted a traditional burial, cremation, or even a custom casket, Passfield's was there to help you with all aspects of preparation for the life hereafter. 
Donald was regarded as warmly as Sonia, as the couple were a fixture at every community event and fundraiser held for miles around. Ah, salt of the earth they were. Sonia and Donald were well aware of the rather incongruous mix of their professions, eatery and mortuary. Some rather unsavory rumors were spread among the local youths. It was almost a rite of passage that the local high schoolers would murmur about Sonia's meatloaf and how maybe it wasn't made from cows, instead coming from Passfield's morgue. Regardless of the silly stories, Sonia and Donald never let it bother them. Embracing the jokes, the pair came up with their own slogan, Living or Dead. With Sonia and Dawn, you'll end up being stuffed. Now, perhaps this story and mentions of Sonia's delicious cooking has caused your tummy to rumble with promises of delicious treats. But at this point, you may have noticed that I'm speaking in the past tense about Sonia's. Today, if you drive down Route 65, you won't see much left of the diner. The building itself is in shambles. The large red sign with the name Sonia's was long ago torn down and destroyed. A faded remnant of the word diner can still be seen past the overgrowth of weeds and rusted remains. So what happened to Sonia's diner, your curious mind asks? You're likely wondering if Sonia retired and sold the diner. Or did Sonia pass away, leaving a grief-stricken Donald no choice but to close her beloved diner for good? No, no, neither of these things happened. Sonia's diner is no more because of one out-of-towner and a fateful stop at Sonia's for some meatloaf. Now, as I told you, Sonia's was practically perfect in every way. And when you're practically perfect, it means that sometimes small mistakes can occur. The mistake in question happened when Sonia was mixing up the meatloaf, like she'd done hundreds of times before. When one of Sonia's dear friends, Jane, stopped by with her new grandson, Sonia got distracted by the visit. Oh, she cooed over the baby boy, proclaiming him to be the cutest baby she'd ever seen, and promised Jane a free slice of apple pie if Sonia could just hold the wee lad. After the visit, Sonia returned to the kitchen to finish preparing the meatloaf. It was later that evening when the man arrived. He was in town on business when he saw the sign for Sonia's diner. He parked himself in a booth and ordered some sweet tea and the meatloaf dinner. It didn't take more than a bite or two to notice there was something off with the meatloaf. Even Sonia saw the look on the man's face as he chewed it, that sour expression when experiencing disagreeable food, an expression rarely seen at Sonia's. That's when Sonia realized her mistake. Now, hold on, I'm going to ask you to stop right there. If you're thinking that the legends about Sonia's meatloaf were, in fact, more truth than fiction, that the meatloaf wasn't made from cows, and that the meat was smuggled into the diner kitchen surreptitiously from the deep, dark bowels of her husband's mortuary, well, well, shame on you. 
That simply isn't true. Sonia's meatloaf was made with fresh, grass-fed beef comes straight from the Whitmore farm the next county over. Besides, serving human flesh as meatloaf would hardly be considered so lightly as to be called a mistake. No, 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 Sonia's mistake was something far simpler. It was forgetting to season the meat with her usual recipe of spices and fresh herbs, owing to her being distracted by that chubby little baby boy. Her mistake was a bland and decidedly flavorless meatloaf. The man, in an effort to revive the meatloaf's flavor, reached for the salt and pepper shakers. The salt shaker behaved well enough as to distribute a reasonable amount of salt on the meat, but when the man shook out a sizable amount of pepper from the shaker, he stopped short. The sharp smell struck his nose. Oh, and the look on the man's face. Well, now I, I could go on and on about the events that followed. How the man bolted from the diner without paying taking with him the pepper shaker. How the next day the sheriff showed up at Sonia's, this time not for his usual coffee and slice of chocolate cream pie. And how that customer never showed up for his meeting with Donald the next morning to discuss the mortuary business. The man, you see, well, he was a longtime mortuary owner of his own, and he knew every aspect of dealing with the dead. And he also knew what ground black pepper should smell like. And that, dear friends, is why Sonia's is no more. Not because of near-empty, watery ketchup bottles. Not because of clumpy salt. But because beneath their warm and generous exteriors, Sonia and Donald were a twisted and deeply disturbed pair the kind of people that took dark delight in filling the pepper shakers with the flavorless gray dust of cremated human remains. Oh, you see what I mean? Really strange. I was googling Uncle Jimmy's Storytime while that played, and there's no record of any such TV show. So what the heck just played on this old TV? Ah, well. I'm sure season 18 will feature some equally bizarre tales. Hopefully the nostalgia for old TV shows will bring a flavor to the new season. Either way, we're glad you're around to share it with us. Thanks again for supporting what we do. We'll be back soon with the premiere of Season 18. Until then, stay sleepless, and, of course, brace yourself.